Welcome to another David McCracken Ministries podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Wonderful God, while you're still standing, firstly, let me say thank you so much for your incredible generosity in heart and words and presents and cards and above all, the gift of journey and life together. Sal and I love you guys, love this church, and I'm sensing really good things at the moment in Infused Church, anybody else. There's always times and seasons in God, at times where there's preparations, there's seasons between seasons, and this is like a relaunch season where God's been bringing people in, He's been shifting things, He's been stirring things, He's been laying foundations, He's been reminding us of foundations laid, and I declare that God is doing good things in Infused Church, and the reason He's doing good things in Infused Church, yes, is for your sake, everyone say for my sake. But I want to declare over your life that it's for your sake, but it's um, through you to this community. Amen? And so what we're going to do is I start, because I believe in the power of prayer. Anybody else? I heard someone once say, when we work, we work, but when we pray, God works. And I want God to work. I don't want our words to try to change people. Too many times we try to talk to people in a way of trying to twist their arm and change them and almost be the Holy Spirit in their lives. I've discovered the Holy Spirit is a heck of a lot better at the Holy Spirit than I am at being the Holy Spirit. But he says, Father says, you can come to me. You can talk to me. Jesus said, you can ask me anything in my name and I will do it. And so I want us to pray for Mount Barker and the regions around about. Because I want to tell you right now, it is God's will that none should perish. We don't need a prophetic word to say that God wants to save Mount Barker, that God wants His light to come. He wants transformation to come. He wants healing to come. He wants wholeness to come. He wants life to come. We don't need a prophetic word because we've already got it. It's my will that none should perish. And he's saying, are there some people who are praying and keep on praying. Declare and keep on declaring. This community, the people in this community are daily, constantly getting people declaring things over their lives that are actually against what God says in His Word. You'll never be any good. You'll never amount to anything. You'll always have this. You'll never do this. And I want us to say we are people that say, God, what do you say? That's what will come out of our mouths. Our words do create the worlds around about us. And so we're going to pray for Mount Barker. I came to church for me. No, 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 no. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Oh, God's given me one phrase for this morning, and we'll lean into it. But that is, such as I have, let me give it to you. Such as I have, let me give it to you. You have been blessed excessively to be a blessing excessively. And there are people in your street, there are people in your family, there are people in your work, there are people in your school that need an encounter with the living God. And you are where you are, not only for yourself, but for people to come into a relationship with God Almighty. Woo! Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you that you've already declared your intention. It is my will. 
says God Almighty. It is my will, says Father God, that none should perish, that none should perish, that no one should live eternity outside of a relationship with me. This is my will. This is my will. Father says, this is why I sent my son. This is why I sent my son. And Jesus would say, this is why I send you. This is why I send you. For God sends us into all the world to preach the gospel, to make disciples of all nations, to extend the kingdom of God, to bring healing and life and wholeness and positive words full of faith from the word of God. And right now we declare salvation over Mount Barker in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For those that we love, we declare salvation in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For those that we work with, we declare salvation in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For those in our schools, we declare salvation. Those politicians, salvation. People in entertainment, in sports, the news, Lord, and media, Lord, in the shops where we're walking along the streets, we pray the presence of God will start to invade and pervade Mount Barker in Jesus' name. Where there is darkness, we speak life. Where there is sickness, we speak wholeness. Where there is doubt, Lord, we speak faith, oh God. Where there is fear, we speak, oh God, we speak the soundness of a mind fixed on the Lord Jesus Christ. And we just declare, we prophesy, we rename, we reclaim that Mount Barker is a place of light. We declare that Mount Barker is a place of peace. We declare that Mount Barker is a place of prosperity in God. We declare that Mount Barker is a place where relationships are restored. They are not broken. They are not damaged. But they are restored in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Mount Barker is a place where... Parents and children love each other. Father, we declare that Mount Barker is a place where every child is safe and loved and secure and valued. We declare that Mount Barker is a place that people walk down the street and the goodness of God just overflows, overflows, overflows. We declare that Mount Barker belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. Can anyone say amen? We declare that Mount Barker is not the enemy's playground, but it is God's ground. It is God's holy city in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father would say, would you use us for your glory? Would you use us for the benefit and blessing of others? Father, if you need to shift something in our lives today, would you do it for your glory? Lord, we do not want to be comfortable Christians, complacent Christians, pew-warming Christians. But Lord, when we signed up, when we asked Jesus Christ into our lives, Lord, we did not become safe, comfortable, secure Christians. But Lord, we became part of the family of God, but we also became part of the army of God. We almost, Lord, we signed up to be salt and light in the earth and in the world of God. And Lord, you have a great plan for our lives and a great plan through our lives. And we our spiritual ears, our spiritual eyes, our hearts be open. If your heart's open today, I want you to tell God, uh, speak to me, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. Come on. Come on. Speak to me, Lord. We don't need our ears tickled. We need our spirits alive and revived in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let me just speak the name of Jesus over your situation right now. Let me speak the name of Jesus over your body right now. In Jesus' name, healing. Over your mind, in Jesus' name, let the peace of God come. Father, 
over your finances, over your friends, over your family, the peace, the goodness, the abundance, the overflow, the life of God. You're a delightful, wonderful, awesome, powerful, majestic, holy, worthy God. And we will not go silent. We will not just lay down, Lord, but we will be people, Lord, who publicly declare the praises, the goodness of Almighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we say be glorified in this place. Be glorified in this place. Be honored in this place. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. You may be seated. Thanks, bud. Good morning. For all those, my friends, that have had the journey, the privilege of joining, journeying with for a long time. It's great to see you again. For anyone else that's coming and go, what the heck has just happened? There's a whirlwind blowing in. I want to tell you that I'm a man loved by Almighty God. I've been changed and saved by Almighty God. Even when I stumble and fall, he's okay with me. He picks me up. He says, come on, son, let's keep on going. It is a good thing to know how loved you are by Almighty God. But we're loved to love. We're blessed to bless. And I've got a word on my heart. For us here today at Infused Church, Mount Barker, and I just want to get straight into it, but let me ask you this question. Do you live with a sense of holy call and divine purpose? Do you live with a sense of holy call and divine purpose, or are you just doing life? Because I want to tell you, if you've been born again by the Spirit of God, the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. You are born again. You're not patched up. You're not just a better version of a good self, but you are a new creation in Jesus Christ. Do you live like you got God living on the inside of you? Or do we just do life? See, this is a good thing for me to ask you for your sake. Can I say that everything I'm saying this morning is a dual focus. It's for your sake and it's for their sake. Everyone say for their sake. What we need in the body of Christ is a lot of selfless Christians. Christians who live for others, for the glory of God, the benefit, the blessing of other people. There are people in your world that need to be blessed by you. There are people in your world that need to be blessed by you. In fact, there are people in your world that if they're not blessed by you, they won't be blessed by anyone. Come on, you got to understand this. we got to know this. There are some people that God has positioned you in their lives because you are the only one that is in relationship with Almighty God that's going to bring a word, an encouragement, a listening ear, a hug, something. Have a cup of coffee. Invite them over for a barbecue. Goodness gracious me, we're in Australia. Invite them over for a barbecue. Just to be a friend. If you're going to tell a joke, man, tell it right. So do you live with a sense of holy call and divine purpose? Can I declare the word of God over you today? Is that okay? 
Good, because you don't need my best ideas. You need the Word of God. I need the Word of God. And I want us to be people that live with a sense of holy calling, divine person. In fact, I, I just feel the Spirit of God saying right now, man, the world needs the church to live with a holy sense of divine purpose and calling. We need it. 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 And this is God's desire for your life. It's God's desire for my life. That we live with a holy sense of call and purpose, divine purpose. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, so well known. This is God speaking. He goes, I, do you, I know the plans I have for you. Come on, did, did you hear that? God says, I know the plans I've got. I wonder if you would come to you today and come to me today and says, I know the plans. Do you know the plans I've got for you? I've got plans for your life. And let me tell you what they are. He says, they're plans to prosper you. That sounds good. Anyone say, that sounds good. They're plans to prosper you. They're not plans to harm you. They're plans to prosper you. It's the enemy. It's the thief. It's the devil that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But if we're not careful, we'll believe that God is the God that withholds, and the enemy is the one that gives. I want to tell you, God is the giver. The enemy is the withholder. He's the thief. He's the stealer. He's the killer. And God says, I did not come to harm you. I come to give you plan, uh, plans of peace and, and plans to give you a hope and plans to give you a future. And 1 Corinthians 12, 11 says all these, talking about the gifts of God, all these gifts are the work of one and the same Spirit, and He gives them to each one just as He determines. God has gifted you. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. You're not saved just to go to heaven. If that was the case, He'd take us as soon as we accepted Him. We're here for a purpose. You are here for a purpose. You have not been taken out by the enemy because God still has a plan and He has a purpose for your life. The enemy has tried to take some of us out, but you're still standing by the grace of God. But you're also still standing for the grace of God, for the glory of God, for the benefit of other people, for the blessing of other people. God is not finished. He's just started. He's just started. He's just started. Philippians 1, 6, the work I began in you, the good work, the good work, the good work, the good work I began in you, says the Lord, I will bring it on to completion. Ephesians 4, 11 through to 12, and he himself gave some to be apostles some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors, some to be teachers for the equipping of the saints. What for? For the work of the ministry, for the work of the ministry, holy call, divine purpose. We're not here to occupy space. We are here to bring God's kingdom to earth as it's done in heaven. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Romans 8, 28. These are so well-known scriptures, but we lose the power of them if we don't understand what God's saying. And we know, and we know. Does anyone here know? Does anyone know who they know? Does anyone know who knows them? Oh, and we know. Oh, let me just, let me just say that, that the, the words of that song that we sang, you're a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's who you are. I said to Pastor Gary, the one thing I love about the song is the next line says, and I'm loved by you. That's who I am, not that's not what you do, that's who I am. You go, who am I? I am loved by my Father. That's actually who I am. That's who I am. We, we talk about who I am. Oh, I'm, I'm this, I'm that, I'm this, I'm that. This is who I am. I am loved by Him. That's who I am. That's who I am. That's who I am. You want to know my worth? I'm loved by my Father. That's who I am. 
That's who I am. That's you. If you are born again by the Spirit of God, your identity is you're loved by your Father. That's who you are. That's who you are. That's who I am. And it says, and we know that all things, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. That's good news. See, we've heard that so many times. We say, there you go. And we know that in all things, God is working for our good. In all things, God is working for the good of those who love him. Listen, who have been called, who have been called, who have been called, divine call, holy purpose, holy call, divine purpose, who have been called, you have been called according to his purpose. He's got a purpose for your life. Mount Barker needs you and I to pick up the holy call and live in divine purpose with a sense of divine purpose. God wants us to live with a sense of holy call and divine purpose. I want to go to Acts chapter 3 and camp there in verse 1 to 8. Anyone doing okay? Woo! I'm loved by God. I can do whatever I want. I can get a bit excited. I don't have to be baptized in lemon juice. I can be filled with the Holy Spirit of the living God. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. Teresa, isn't that right? In his presence, there's fullness of joy. Life forevermore. He gives perfect peace to those who keep their minds fixed on him. He gives a peace that passes understanding, that guards our heart. This is my God I'm telling you about right now. Oh, my God who starts a good thing and completes a good thing and takes me on, takes me on, takes me on. Acts chapter, whatever I said. Thank you. One day. One day, Peter and John. Everyone say Peter and John. Got to get you preaching with me. One day, Peter and John. Everyone say Peter and John. One day, Peter and John, we're going up to the temple, going up to church, going up like you were on your way this morning. And by the way, let me tell you, uh, what time does church start? 10, 10 to 10. If on time is late. Don't you dare turn me off at the sound desk. <laughs> Don't you turn me off in your hearts. Sometimes if we approach church the way uh, work, the way we approach our church, we'd lose our jobs. Five minutes late every day, ten minutes late every day, we wouldn't have a job. And we come, we get the privilege to come together, the body of Christ, to worship and praise God, to be fed, to be in the very presence of God with the people of God. Where David the psalmist said, you know, a zeal for your house is consuming, man. I can't wait. All I want to do is dwell in your house and in your courts forever and ever. Jesus, 12, I can't, I've got to go to the temple. Oh, there's something about the house of God, the people people of God, you get the negativity out there, you get the criticism out there, you get the lack of faith out there, and yet we drag ourselves into church like we're doing God a favor. Not sure where that came from. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. This is not the main thing I want to say, but it, may, it is the main thing, but it's not the main thing. And they went up to the temple at the time of prayer. 
at the time of prayer, there was a certain time where the church was open for prayer. Church was open for prayer. We've talked as the leadership, things are stirring, things are happening. And I want to declare to you, there's going to come a time very soon with this corporate prayer in this church that's been talked about already. So I'm letting you know in advance, I'm declaring it in advance. Peter and John were going up at a time of prayer, at a time of prayer. Jesus himself said, my church, my house, all the thing that I love is going to be called a house of prayer. It's going to be identified. It's going to be a label. The first thing that comes into people's mind when they think about the church should not be worship, should not be belonging, should not be the word. It should not be missions. It should not be fellowship. It should not be discipleship. It should be prayer. Oh, there are praying people. There are people who know how to talk to God, know how to hear from God and see something shift in the spiritual realm. He said, my house will be called a house of prayer. God around the world today is saying, I want my house back as a house of prayer. And I want to declare over your life that praying is your greatest privilege. I've said it before. I don't know if I've said it here, but I ask people sometimes, how many people know they need to pray more? And hands go up all over the place because we need it. And I want to declare over your life, you don't, you don't, you don't, you don't. You don't need to pray anymore. You don't need to pray anymore. You don't need to pray anymore. I don't need to pray anymore. We get to pray more. Maybe the reason why we don't pray as much as we do is because we think it's something I need to do, I should do, I must do. Hang on. We've got Almighty God, creator of the heaven and earth, the one who is good and love and perfect. And he says, would you like to spend some time with me? And we think we have to. I get to. I get to hang out with God. I get to walk with God. I get to listen to God. I get to bring my request to God. The God that says, you ask me, and I'm going to get involved, and I'm going to do it. You know the things that you can't shift? I can shift them, says the Lord. How about we talk about them? How about we declare? How about we pray? How about we prophesy? How about we shift something? I got to pray. I get to pray. I get to get up in the morning. Oh, good morning, Father. What a glorious thing that I get to do life today with you, that you never leave me, you never forsake me, that I can acknowledge you in all my ways. You'll direct my path, you'll empower my path. Oh, God. Mount Barker is going to get saved, but he's going to get saved by the church that prays. They were up the temple at the time of prayer. I want to declare over you, I want to come back and I want to see the prayer meetings, the biggest prayer meeting, the biggest meetings in the church. Biggest, that's when God's going to move. That's when God's going to do something. And you might say, but we've prayed before and we haven't seen anything done. That's why God, God knew this is how we think sometimes. That's why he put in the, the what, parable about the persistent widow and keep on going, keep on knocking, keep on knocking. That, you know, it gets to the point where they come and answer just to, just to almost to shut the, the, the widow up in their context. And it's like, so keep on asking, keep on knocking, keep on seeking. Let's keep on going. Because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Because it hasn't happened doesn't mean that God's not good. Because it doesn't, hasn't happened yet, it doesn't mean that God's not faithful. We see in part, we know in part, but we're going to look through the eyes of faith, the evidence of things not seen, but we're going to declare it. We're going to declare it. We're going to get declare it. And when you get together and pray, can I ask you, let's not pray just for us. Let's pray for the city. Let's pray for the region. Let's pray for the unsaved. So many church prayer meetings are praying for us, praying for us, praying for us. No, we want to pray for them. We don't want to pray, as I said the other day, in a mirror, but we want to pray through a window. We want to look out. We want to see what God is doing. We want to declare it. We want to prophesy. Oh, don't think it's hopeless. Oh, if it's hopeless, pray more. Pray more. 
10 Ks, yeah. We ran 11 Ks yesterday together. It was great. Praise God. Prayer changes things. Prayer works. And I want to encourage you to be a man, a woman of prayer, a young person of prayer, and a church of prayer. Can I hear anyone say amen? Thank you. God bless you. One day, Peter and John, Acts 3, 1 to 8, were going up to the temple at the time of prayer. Everyone say the time of prayer. At 3 in the afternoon, now a man who was lame from birth, you know some people in our community, some people that you work with in your family, some people that are even your enemies because God says bless them and pray for them. The people in your world, some of them have been carrying what they've been carrying. Some of them have been going through what they've been going through from birth. It's not just something that happened last week. Some people have been carrying stuff for a long time. And man, do they need an encounter with the living God. They need freedom. They need life. It says, now a man was lame from birth. He was being carried to the temple gates outside called Beautiful where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. And when he saw Peter and when he saw John about to enter, he asked them for money because that was his greatest perceived need. But I want to declare to you that many people's greatest perceived need is not the greatest actual need. They're asking for something because they think, this, if I just get this, if I just get this job, if I just get this healing, if I just get this, if I just get this, everything will be right. But how many people know that we know that they just get Jesus, they get an encounter with the living God, and they might not get what they're asking for, but they get what they need, and everything changes. And Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them expecting to get something from them all. Something's quickening in my spirit right now. Did you hear what that said? They looked at Peter, a man carrying the presence of God, and he expected to get something from them. Do people expect to receive something from your life? Do people expect to get something from your life? When they encounter you, do they expect to receive something different than they normally get from other people, where they get criticism and negativity, where they get hate, where they get slander, where they get things spoken against them, do they expect to get something from you that's different? They expected to get something from him. Verse 6, then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. Do you notice what he said? What you're asking for I don't have. I can't fix that. You know what? Many people that you are in relationship with, you're in conversation with, that you're in fellowship with, you can't fix their problems. You can't take away that. You can't add that. You can't shift that. You can't open doors. But what happens is sometimes when we feel like we can't do what they need, we feel helpless, we feel hopeless, and we step back and give them nothing. But I want to declare into your spirit right now in the name of Jesus Christ that Peter, a great apostle of faith, says, what you're asking for, I don't have, but I do know what I do have, and I want to give you what I do have. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you can get up right now and you can walk. I hope you're hearing the word of the Lord. 
you might not have what they're asking for, but you have what they need. If you are filled with the Spirit of the living God, if you're born again by the Spirit of God, you have what they need. Everyone say, I have what they need. Say it again, I have what they need. Some of us need to shift our position, stand to your feet and say, I have what they need. Come on, stand to your feet across this room. Say it with a bit of boldness. Come on, everyone, I have what they need. I have what they need. I want to declare in your life, you have what they need. Digby, you have what they need. We have what they need. James, you have what they need. Paul, you have what they need. Jeannie, you have what they need. You have what they need. They might not be asking for it, but they need an encounter with someone that can carry the presence of God into their environment. Encounter follows encounter through a believer. You can sit down for a moment. Verse 7, taking him up by the right hand, he helped him up. He helped him up. He helped him up. Oh, he put his faith into action. He got involved. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. Oh, man, the Holy Spirit's telling me not to go on. So he's telling me to back up here. Listen to what it says. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. He helped him up. Do you know when he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, walk The man didn't walk until Peter says, okay, I'm going to help you up. And instantly, something started to shift. I believe by the Spirit of God right now, that God is saying some of us, we're prayed, some of us are declared, but some of us need to cross the line of putting our faith into action. Putting our faith into action. Actually asking if you're praying for someone that's sick or whatever it may be, how is that feeling? Not just pray for them, go and just hope that something happens or ask them, how is that feeling? Well, I was feeling the same. Okay, I want to pray again. Feeling a little bit better. Okay, my God can take it from partial to complete. Let me pray again. But I've done that before, Steve, and it hasn't happened. Oh, you know what? You're not the one that heals. God's the one that heals. He just says, will you pray? Will you keep on praying? Will you ask? Will you keep on asking? Will you only obey God when it works out how you think it will? Or will we obey God because God says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Lay hands on the sick. You know, I I would say more people I've laid hands on and prayed for have not got healed than have got healed, but I'll still lay hands on them. I'll still pray for them. Why? Because my God said, you lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I can't give you an answer for why some people don't. But I refuse to allow what I see what I experienced to create my theology. And my God is the healer. My God is the healer. If we're not careful, experience, for some of us, lack of experience will create theology. I beg you, don't let it. The Word of God is the only source for true theology. What He says is the truth. Can I hear an amen? And he took him by the hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. And he jumped to his feet and began to walk then. Everyone say then. This is powerful. I'm about to bring out a couple things. Then he went with them into the temple courts. Then he went with them. He hadn't been inside the church at this stage. He'd only been outside begging. But when he encountered the Spirit of God... And the healing power of the Lord Jesus Christ through someone who says, I know what I've got. 
So I want to pass it on to you. And God met with that person and encountered that person. Then he went to church, leaping and praising and worshiping God. So let me ask a couple of questions. Do you know what you have? Do you know what you have? Do you know what you have? More importantly or more correctly, do you know who you have? Because who you have is what you have. Who you have is what you have. Who you have is what you have. This is what the Bible says. Again, very well-known scriptures, but can I just preach for a moment? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. Do you not know? Do you not know? Do you not know that your body is a dwelling place, the temple of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who lives in you? Do you not know the Holy Spirit lives in you? Do you not know that the Holy Spirit of the living God lives in you? The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. The very Holy Spirit who is God lives in you. And do you know who you have? Come on. The Holy Spirit of Almighty God, God himself, God the Holy Spirit lives in Steve McCracken. I can't come and preach boldly to you because I'm eloquent in my words or anything else because God knows and my wife knows I'm not. But I can tell you, such as I have, I give to you. I'm loved by God and I love him so much. So if that's all you get from me, that's, that's all I got to give. That's, that's, that's what I got. But it's the Holy Spirit living in me. I'll be bold. I'll be because He. You should receive power when the Spirit of God comes on you and comes in the and on the inside of you. Do you know who you have and what you have? If you're born again, the Holy Spirit of Almighty God, the Spirit of God that was hovering over the waters, ready to bring all of creation into existence, the very same Holy Spirit lives in you. And sometimes we think we're insignificant. Holy Spirit, Paul, in you. Hallelujah. Galatians 2.20, do you not know that you, oh, it's no longer either live, but, but, but Christ, but Jesus Christ lives in me. I got the Holy Spirit living in me. I got the Lord Jesus Christ living in me. Oh, I want to tell you, that's not figurative. That's not symbolic. That's not some good little words Christian thing to say. It's true or it's not true. The Bible declares you are born again of incorruptible seed. You're not a patched up version. You're a new creation, recreated to what Adam and Eve were before they sinned. We have gone back to being in the image, in the likeness of God, with God Almighty, the Holy Spirit, and the Lord Jesus Christ. So what I got, I'm going to give. What I got, I'm going to give. Filled with the Spirit of the living God. It's time for the children of God to understand that God lives in them. Oh, I wish I could look you in the, all in the eye and have a one-on-one conversation. Some of you are probably glad I can't, but I want to declare over your life, you've got the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ living in you if you've accepted Jesus Christ. Not part of Him. You've got Him. In fact, the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 22 and 23, it says, And God, 
the Father placed all things under Jesus' feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, for the church, for the church, which is his body, which is the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. He fills you. He fills you. Every part of you in every way. The Lord Jesus Christ, be filled with the Spirit. When you're filled with something, there's no room for anything else. It's not ankle deep. It's not knee deep. It's not waist deep. It is filled. I'm filled with the Spirit of the living God. I'm filled. The, whoa. Filled. Woo! Galatians 5, and 23. Do you know what you got? I got the Holy Spirit, which means I got the fruit of the Holy Spirit. I got love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I've got it. I've got it. Do you have it? Anyone got the Spirit of God living in you? Come on, commit yourself right now this morning. Hey, come on. We got to believe what we've got. If you've got it, then you've got those things. You've got love. You've got gentleness. You've got patience. You've got hope. You've got it living on the inside of you. Such as I have. Oh, Peter, I've had an encounter with the living God. I've had an encounter with the living God. He had an encounter with the living God, not only when things were going well and he was going out with the, with the 70 and he was seeing great miracles and stuff, but he also had an encounter with the living God when he denied and swore and cursed Jesus Christ. And then in his next encounter, after he was broken, say, God, that's not how I want to live. And maybe this is your testimony. You've encountered God, but you denied God. And Peter denied God. But when he encountered Jesus again, Jesus just said, do you love me? And he goes, yeah, I do. And feed my sheep. Do you love me? Come on. I got a plan. I got a purpose. And your sins do not derail that. Your sins do not stop that. Your sins do not abort that. Because greater is the one living in you. Greater is the one living in you. And if I've forgiven you, then it's forgotten. And I got a commission for your life. Peter had an encounter. He went to this man in Acts 3 because he knew, oh, he knew how much he'd been forgiven. He says, I can't keep this to myself. i got to pass this on. Oh, I've encountered the living God. I can't keep this to myself. I've got to pass this on. Oh, he had been baptized in the Holy Spirit in Acts 1, filled with the Holy Spirit. I can't keep this to myself. i got to pass it on. There was a movie, I think, years ago called Pay It Forward. You know, um, that whole thing of you got something, come on, pass it on, pass it on. Everyone say, pass it on. This is what the Bible says. I want to just talk. For a moment as we close, give it away. Give what you've got away. If you've got one thing from me here this morning, church, it's this. What I've got, I'm going to give it away. Have you got that? What I've got, you've got the fullness of God living on the inside of you. You just need to go and shine. You need to go and be soul. You need to be going and be light. You need to be patient and kind and loving. You need to have a word that lifts people up and doesn't tear them down. In fact, if you're saying, I'm not sure how to do this, here's my encouragement, my commission to you this week. Every conversation... Say something that lifts up. Can we start there this week? One thing, every conversation, husbands, wives, parents, children, children, parents. You might say, but hang on, you don't know my relationship. It's not good. It's not, what's that got to do with it? 
So do we come down to that level and keep it going? Or do we speak a word that Jesus even said, I want you to pray for them. I want you to bless them. I want you to bless them who curse you. Is this easy? No, it's not easy. But does God's way work? Does God's way work? Maybe, maybe, just maybe, just maybe, your situation just needs one person to say something that lifts up rather than tears down one more time. Maybe your boss who you can't stand just needs one word of affirmation, one word of lifting up. They didn't deserve it, nor did you deserve Jesus' love, nor did I deserve Jesus' love. Why we were sinners, Christ Jesus gave himself up. And freely you have received, freely give. I'm calling some people to live like Jesus for the glory of God and the benefit and the blessing of others. You and I can always say something that builds up, that lifts up. Will you? This week, will you do that? Every situation, God, wake up in the morning, God, give me, a, give me something to say that honors you and helps them move forward. Honors you and helps them move forward. I feel the Spirit of God would say, stop selling yourself short. Some of us in this room, stop selling yourself short. I want to declare over your life, you can do all things, everything that God Almighty has asked you to do. How many people know some of the scriptures in the Bible that we've been reading and singing? How many people know that the ones that we know we just need a fresh revelation of many, many times? Can I hear amen? amen. Philippians 4.30, I can do all things through Christ. Nothing is impossible. Through you, I can do all things. See, we sing it, but do we live it Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday? Because I want to tell you, it's true. You can do all things that God has called you to do. You can do all things that God has called you to do. You can do all things that God has called you to do. Spirit of God would just say to some people in this room, he has spoken some specific things over your life that you shrunk back from, that you put on the shelf. In fact, you've covered them up because he says, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. And I want to speak into your spirit that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. You might say it's impossible. And I would say to you, if that's where you feel, if that's where you are right now, then that's a jolly good place for you to start to step out and do the things that God's called you to do. Because if you can do them by yourself and it's easy, then we don't need God. Peter couldn't walk on the water, but Jesus bid him to come and he got out and he can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength through Christ. Christ, through Christ, through Christ, through Christ, through Christ, through Christ, and He lives in you. He lives in you. He lives in you. And I declare over your life, He wants to live through you to a whole new level. Such as I have, I'm going to give it away. This week, I'm going to give it away. Oh, the words of affirmation I've got from my Father God, I'm going to give them away. The words of destiny and purpose in life, I'm going to give them away. The words of, it's okay, I forgive you that Father gave to me, I want to give it away. Before I see any evidence, before I see any change, no, I'm going to give it away. I'm actually going to, you know what? In this world, we are like Jesus. 1 John 4 verse 17 says, in this world, we are like Jesus. And he came down before we deserved it. And that opened the way for us to receive. And I want to declare over your life that God wants you to give some things away before people deserve it. And by doing so, will open up their life to receive from Father God. Such as I have, I want to give it to you. I feel God would say it's time to come into agreement 
with what God says to you, what God says about you, and what he wants to say through you. It's time to come into agreement. Can I just say that every person lives life by who they come into agreement with? You're living right now the way you're living because of what you've come into agreement with. It might be fear. It might be questions. It might be what they said. But I pray it would be what God Almighty has declared about you and about me. It's time to come in, thanks Shane, into agreement with what God says. And just a couple of things as we close and we're going to pray. And I'm only saying what I really felt Father say to me before I came. And this is for someone here today, please. Listen to what I feel is a word of release for some of you in this place. And God would say, stop talking badly about yourself. Don't come into agreement with yourself if it's different to what God says. I'll never break through this. I'll never be able to overcome this. I'll never. That's not what God says. Don't come into agreement with that. Don't let it come. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. Not your brothers, not your mothers, not your sisters, not your employers. Your tongue, my tongue. You need to understand. I don't stand up before you perfect. I I have struggles. I have times where I stumble and fall. And I have the enemy come and accuse. I have the enemy come and throw things at me and say, you're this, you're that, you've done this, you've done that. And you know what? The times that it takes me downward is when I start to agree with that. But I'm starting to realize more and more that I don't have to come into agreement with what the enemy says about a moment in my life because I'm not defined by a moment in my life. I'm defined by what Jesus Christ did on the cross of Calvary. And I can say there is no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. There's none. There's none. I'm not going to come into agreement with that. It's time for you and I to not come into agreement with anything that is different to what God Almighty says. Am I making any sense? I'm just this, I'm just that. Please don't label yourself by something you struggled with. Something you've been through, that's not who you are. And if we're not careful, we, we keep on ensnaring ourselves by the words that come out because of what we did or what we've been through or what happens. You're a new creation in Christ. You're born again of incorruptible seed. The Lord Jesus Christ lives in you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. And he's given you everything you need for life and godliness, the Bible says in 1 Peter, 2 Peter 1, 3. Everything you need. As we close, I do want to say, just be you. Holy Spirit says, just be you. Isn't that good news? He says, just be you. Man, woman, just be you. But make sure you've been the right version of you. Did you hear me? You've been the right version 
of you. The person God created you to be. Not what your circumstances, situation, or that person or this person declared over your life. Not what you have said for the last 5, 10, 15 years. It's time to change what comes out of your mouth. I'm a daughter of the Most High God. I'm a son of the Most High God. I'm acceptable. I'm loved. James 4, verse 5 to 6 and 7, rather. James 4, 6 and 7 says, but God gives more grace. (laughs) Amen? God gives more grace. Man, I stuffed up. Oh, God gives more grace. But I've been struggling with this for 10 years, but God gives more grace. I wanted to stay over your life, but God gives more grace. Therefore, God says that he resists the proud, but he wants to give grace to the humble. Those that say, you know what? I can't do it on myself. I can't do this on my own. I can't do this in my own strength. Maybe that's how you feel today. Then I would say, well, that's fantastic, because nor can I. But he gives more grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God, not what I want, God, but what you want. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And the Spirit of God would say that humble people are not weak people. They are godly people. A humble person is not a weak person. They're a godly person. God, your will, that's what I want for my life. So how is your submission to God, your commitment to prayer, your commitment to giving away what you have received? Because I declare and I prophesy that many people are going to come to know Christ and be added to infused church as a result of an encounter with God and His love. Can I hear an amen? And it's going to be as they come in these doors, but I feel in my spirit, and I wanted to say it over your life individually. I passionately believe even more people are going to be added to this church and encounter God as a result of your life out there. I just believe it. I believe it. There's some people that will encounter you and encounter God through you. And then, such as you have, you give to them. Then they'll go with you into the church, leaping and praising God already. This is a privilege. This is a privilege and it's a responsibility. And I just feel that God sent me here to empower you to give away what you have received. We're going to pray. And I just want to say, hey, how about we start this week? Every conversation. Every conversation. Everyone say every conversation. I'm going to say something that lifts people up. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we want to thank you for your word. The invitation of God. The heart of God that is to see Mount Barker saved and transformed. And we thank you that we've been saved for relationship. But Lord, we are so thankful and grateful that we want to Help other people encounter you and come into a relationship with you. Thank you for what you're doing in this church and through this church. And may it just accelerate and explode this year. Help us, Father, to add value to every person in every conversation this week, this month, and this year. In Jesus' name, for the glory of God. 
and the blessing of people. And everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you so much, and thank you for having me. It is always a privilege, a joy. I think I'm coming back in September, so be here with the other people that you have blessed and added value to and seen them encounter God. I'd love to see you here with at least two other people that want. Can I ask a question? Why not? Why not? Such as I have, I'm going to give it away. God bless you. Thanks for listening. For more content, head to our website, davidmccracken.org.